This is an honest podcast about mental health and the reality that we live in. The sad boys will serve as the ones who never really fit in. And give a funny, real, and emotionally vulnerable look at the uncomfortable realities that make us who we are. And they will discuss coping mechanisms and solutions we use to get through it. By no means are the sad boys actually qualified to give you real advice. But they will not give you any fucking, fucking bullshit. bullshit. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. everybody and welcome back to the we're not okay podcast i am turkey i'm isaiah and uh we talk about things we hold nothing back and we just talk about stuff this is a podcast about mental health man you should know that by now if you've been here long enough i think you, you get the gist yeah yeah the sad boys talk about sad things yes yeah, right but we do it in a real kind of like honest way you know what i mean we're not crying about our problems we're discussing it we're trying to figure out ways to get through this this life that we live with its constants, up and downs, you yeah. know, and like we talked about in the introduction, never one up sad. Never one up sad. That's right. So it's been, geez, I don't know, uh, like a month since our last post. It's been a, yeah. it's been a, it's been a mission. We had uh, two new campaigns start over on uh, you know, the D and D campaigns, which has made us super busy and um, a lot of live shit. Yes, it's been rocky on both sides. Yeah, man. You know, we both been going through some crazy things life's been crazy which we're gonna get into today um but before we get into all the fun bits i'm sure you've seen the title today is going to be about grief and other kinds of stuff like that um but uh this is small talk how things been man it's been two weeks You're about to have a child yes very excited about that you know we, we just had our last ultrasound yeah uh, on friday so yesterday actually nice Homie's weighing somewhere around six pounds, give oh, or take shit. 15 ounces, but you, you're going to be a big boy. That's a big child. Yeah. We're still struggling on uh, on names, though. Yeah? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a little rough. Dang. Hey, everybody, hit the comments. And uh, by the time this video drops, the baby might already be born, but you should hit the comments with all of your name ideas, and then the person who guesses correctly will get the pinned comment on the video. Hey! Hey. How about that? I like it. I like it. Do you have any options yet? Do you want to at all? We only really got two right now. Uh, Dominic, that's a boy name that we were stuck on when my youngest was born. Yeah. Um, and then Zakari. Mm. But she she feels like it's going to be mispronounced his entire life. With, with an X? Nah, it's a Z-A apostrophe K-A-R-I. Mm. But she's just Kari. She's probably gonna get called Zachary his entire life. Oh yeah, huh? So I we're, think we're about figuring that. it out. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool name though. Zakari. Right? It sounds strong. I like that. That's like, you know, if I was a elf, an elf ranger named Zakari. It's definitely fitting. Yeah. Definitely fitting. Yeah. Goodness, well that's cool, man. I'm yeah, excited. It's, yeah. It's exciting, you know. Once you have that child, so it's going to be another space before our next episode. So y'all got to keep an eye out for it because we're going to give him time to hang out with his youngin. Yep. It's That's right. Anytime within the next couple weeks weeks as of the day of recording. So it's any day now, really. Mm. It's exciting shit, man. Yeah. Exciting shit. Well, the past month's been crazy for me. Um, the good stuff, the two new campaigns that we've started are so much fun. I, uh, I really like 
even through all this hardship I've been going through, I've really realized just how much I love rolling dice and role-playing with my friends. And usually when we do like our side questers campaigns, they're kind of like just like throwaway bullshit. So we just roll some extra dice or whatever. But this one's actually shaping up to be its own fun fucking thing. And I, it's fucking exciting. So um, all the other shows have been going good, which is good stuff. Yeah, man. It's been a blast to watch the side questers stuff going on right now. I haven't gotten to tune into the new Love, Death, and Dice campaign. Side quester stuff. It, it gets me giddy. It's good. It's, it's real fun, good. It's funny stuff. Yeah. And other people seem to be interested too. You guys, all you guys have been listening to it on Spotify. It, like our Spotify numbers have like gone way up. So thank you guys for the support. Um, and just for tagging on the show, I hope we made you laugh. Uh, and if, if we did, you know, divination crystals in the comments. Um, yeah. But the reason today's topic is what it is, is I also had a big loss in my life. Uh, this year past week my dog of fucking 13 years is how long sprinkles had him i only had him for four um but he passed away uh, he actually got euthanized so maybe we'll talk about that whole story um but i was fucking destroyed like holy shit i was fucking destroyed um and i don't know if it's like this podcast or what it is but I was like, I'm okay to tell people, like, I'm not okay. Like, I made a Facebook post and sort of said, like, I'm not okay. You know what I mean? Like, this is evident. You know what I mean? And I don't think I would have been comfortable saying that before. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of brought you out of your shell a little bit as far as being open with your feelings. Yeah. I feel like that also helps, you know, with the acceptance phase of having these intense feelings. Mm -hmm. It's being able to vocalize them to begin with. Which we are going to get into the seven stages of grief um, today in this episode. So be excited for that. And I'm going to pull it up. We're going to read it. We're going to talk about it. It's, it's good shit. Digging deep on it. Yeah. I don't know where to begin. Should I just should I talk about this story? I mean. Yeah, I think I think we should dig in with the story and, you know, share some share some good stories about the man. Okay. I'm cool with that. Um, so that's it for the small talk section then, folks. Um, we're going to get into the deep stuff. Um, so it's so crazy how it happened. Like, we have video footage, um, and within the span of 24 hours, he, like, lost all movement in his legs. Like, I got home from work at 5, and he could still use his one of his black legs. And then two hours later, he couldn't use either of them. And then the next day, he was having troubles even using his front arms. So, like, it was, like, within the course of 24 hours, he was losing all leg function. And with one leg, I was like, that's fine. I'm going to buy this boy a wheelchair. Like, he's loving my life. I'm going to treat him well. He's going to be high maintenance, but I'm fine with that. Um, but then with no legs, and then also he's having problems using the bathroom, and also, like, he was breathing heavy, and, like, you know, which is signs of heart failure. So, like, it was just like, fuck. And all this happened within 24 hours. So, like, it was such a shock because literally at lunchtime, I came home from lunch at work, and I played with him every day. So I sat on the floor and I was playing with him and he was fine. Everything was great. It was like a normal ass day for him. Like he was even more energetic, to be honest. So coming home and then all that shit going down was just like, what, what in the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. So then like, I was like carrying his little ass around, letting him walk and shit. Like I, the last time he actually took a shit, I was literally holding his butt up for him. You know what I mean? Super sad. Um, but I, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, shit on me, bro. I was like, I literally don't care. I love you. Um, I kept telling myself, like, when it comes to losing an animal, I feel like they do their best for so long to make you happy. So then when it comes to the end of their life, it's your job to make sure they're happy. You know what I mean? 
I completely agree, man. Yeah. And, and you know, um, if I'm remembering correctly, Sprinkles has had him since he was like a tiny puppy. little pup. Yeah. Tiny little pup. So yeah. all he really knew was you guys. Yep. You know, your family. You're the people who gave him a good life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you did your best to provide the same, provide comfort in his end times. I feel like that's all you can do. I agree. That's all you can do. You showed love to something that showed you nothing but love. Yeah. He was dang best. He, um, I'm cool to talk about it now. Like, if this was fucking yesterday, I'd probably be crying right now. But, you know, stages of grief, we're all right. Um, and, uh, yeah, dude, it's just wild. So I only had him for four years. And I know when I say that, everyone's like, well, why are you that upset, you know? Um, this fucking dog changed my life. He changed my thought process, like... There was, like, multiple, multiple times where, like, I legit think he should have been a service dog because I was going into, like, full-on panic attack mode from too much caffeine or too much thinking or whatever, especially before my medication. And I would just sit on the floor and just, like, hug him. And then I would just, like, breathe and everything would be all right. And he'd just look at me and be like, what's up, homie? Like, (laughs) you good or what? Yeah. So he was pretty sweet. Changed my life. And so that's why, you know, I literally... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sprinkles used to get mad because I'd come home from work and I'd be like, hello, love of my life. And she'd turn around and I'm looking at the dog. <laughs> <laughs> like more than once. He's talking to Pickles. Oh, yeah. fuck. More than uh, once. He's a great fucking dog, man. Mm-hmm. So um, the upside, there's another positive to this. He actually got his hip dysplasia diagnosis a year ago. It was last year in January. And they said he has three months. Um, so we actually got a full extra nine months with him, which is sweet. And I, we don't even think it was the hip dysplasia, which what got him, but it was actually a disc that slipped in his back because um, he had, like, some other spinal shit. So it was like a twofer. Yeah, like he could have potentially yeah. jumped off of something the wrong way, just hit the wrong way kind of thing. I think so. Disc got mislodged. Also, like, just, like, spine degeneration. Uh, so then the disc just has nothing yeah. else to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. He was a pretty old pup. Yeah, pretty old he pup. Was, he was the fucking best. Cheers, bud. Let me just. Mm. Well, thanks for letting me open up about that. I could honestly probably talk for about an hour about this dog, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, we have talked previously about loss, um, and uh, oh, there's one thing I did actually want to say on the podcast about this subject. Um, I can count on less than both my hands how many times I've cried my whole life. Um, and one time was whenever I lost Toothless, my cat. I told that story. It was fucking sad and traumatic. Um, and then it's all about animals. The four times I've cried in my adult life have all been about animals. Um, and the other two times were like circumstantial. It was whenever I got my tooth fixed. I don't know if you've seen old pictures, but there was a big old V in it. Like, my front tooth was, like, a had a big old V-chip. Um, yeah. So, and I just, while I was crying, I think the point of this, while I was crying about pickles, I was, like, doing what I normally do. I was trying to stop myself. And I, like, legit was, like, hitting myself in the face. So I was like, stop fucking crying. Like, you're, you're fucking fine. Like, you need to be strong for sprinkles. Stop fucking crying. She gets to cry, not you. Like, you're a man. You know what I mean? Like, don't cry. Let her cry. Take care of her. Um... But she was like, no, like, you're allowed to cry through this. Like, you can, it's all right. And, like, I was shaking so hard trying not to cry. Like, I almost went, like, deaf. Like, my ears were like, Wee! And I was like, all right. And I just fucking started bawling and shit. And then we were crying together. And it was okay. It's always okay it's to cry, bro. Okay. As a man, it's okay to cry. 
It's fucking okay. And to be completely honest, feels good. Oh, it feels fantastic being able to cry. Yeah. Feeling comfortable enough in front of somebody to cry with them. Yeah. It's relieves more than holding it in can. Yeah. Holding it in will just make it worse and worse and worse, and then you'll explode exponentially. Explosions. Explosions. Yeah, she said that too. She's like, you need a fucking, you know, or this is just going to sit like trauma. You know what I mean? I get where you were kind of coming from, you know, the whole I'm a man, I need to be strong for her thing. Yeah. But that's also, you know, those toxic masculine traits that are drilled into us growing up. Which is not okay. Nope. No. <laughs> Makes things worse. Yeah, it does. Way worse. So I didn't end up crying, which is good. And, um, one last bit I'll say before we move on and talk about grief and things. Um, what makes me feel better, uh, while they were like euthanizing him and stuff, Sprinkles couldn't be in there for us, so she left. But I like stayed in there with him because he didn't need to be alone during that. And like one of the last things I said to him, you know, was like, I'll take care of her. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and he like put his head down and like finally like relaxed and shit. And so I think that's why I was like, you're not allowed to cry. You got to take care of her. Um, but the whole euthanization process was so traumatic and I 100% have PTSD from that shit now. And I'm not going to tell that story, the whole story here live because it'll make everybody listening sad. Um, but I for sure have some trauma from that shit. Like I think PTSD is the wrong word, but I definitely have trauma from that shit. Like my God, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not as, uh, calm as you expect it to be right it's not at all as it's, it's you expect them to just close their eyes and no it's I mean, not like that it kind of was it was i mean it was definitely better than my cat bleeding out in my arms oh 100 percent. but you know it's it's definitely still traumatic you know what i mean i guess watching anybody die that you love is traumatic but oh. yeah it's wild so i think right now my stage of grief i'm definitely in like a um, I forgot what it's called. Like solidarity, no, like being alone. Fucking, I don't know what it's called. We'll get into it. Uh, but that's kind of why I was like, I need to do this podcast today and hang out with Isaiah because, you know, I want to be alone, but I don't think I should be. So like, let's fucking do it. Um, and we'll talk about the stages of grief. But first, first, do you have anything that you would like to bring up on this subject? I would just kind of like to touch back on what you said about uh, self-isolation. There you it know, is. You, yeah. you feel like you want to be alone, but you know that it's better not to, and that is such a huge thing. Because mm-hmm. if you were just like succumbing to the self-isolation, overall it would potentially make your depression worse, make the grief process harder, but you want people around that you're comfortable with to help you through it. Right. Which is nice. Yeah. I'm glad I'm part of that circle with you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I have made so much progress in my life the past four years, like as a person. And I do feel like he he had a big part of that, which is weird. But like, um, I don't want, there was like this part of me that just like wanted to regress and go back to like who I was and just like punch walls and just yell at shit and just slam a bottle of Jack and be like, fuck everything. And you know what I mean? But I was like, I do not want to lose the progress that I've made as a human being just because this has happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I really fucking wanted to, like, fuck. But no, it's all right. We're still human. We're adults now. And, I mean, it would have been perfectly 
at least in my opinion, appropriate to at least punch to one wall, maybe. You know? Right. It's right. just how you process things yeah. sometimes. You know, I'll punch a wall every now and again. I punch myself. I would prefer the wall over <laughs> yourself, Turkey. Yeah, yeah. But kept on sprinkles like I get so self destructive when I'm going through this shit. I was like, so I have to counter that by being productive. So I cleaned so much shit and just made a bunch of shorts for our show and like edited graphics and I was like, I have to be productive to counteract the self destruction that I want to do. So I think I handled it well. Yeah, I mean this is sort of a uh, religious phrase, but idle hands are the devil's playthings. So I'm doing absolutely Dude, nothing. That movie, Idle Hands. Ah, yeah. Fucking classic. I see some post about it recently. The movie that everyone hates but no one saw. It's like, fuck you, that's a fucking classic, dude. Ah, it's got Seth Seth Green in it and shit. Idle Hands, man. I I love love that movie. Yeah. Damn, they're a good movie. I love that movie. (laughs) It's a good movie. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, I better Google this now. You Googler. Here we go. So, um, the reason we look up the stages of grief, because it's, it even says here at the top, but it's good to understand your grief because if you can understand it, you can get a little bit more of a grasp on it and be able to kind of move through it as you're doing it, you know? Um, and so I, I feel like that's really fucking important. Um, especially when you lose someone, um, and I've been through this kind of stuff before when I lost one of my best friends. Uh, Danian, you know, he committed suicide, but we're going to save suicide sewer slide for another episode. Um, cause I feel like there's a lot more we could actually say about that. Yeah. I feel like that one can be coupled with another, another couple of topics and yeah, yeah. covered in a better way. Grief in and of itself is a big, yeah. Seven, seven different aspects of it. Right. So, um, we're talking about understanding our grief whenever we're going through it. Um, and, let me see. Any loss that results in significant change in life can cause feelings of loss. This can include even moving to a new location, going through a divorce, a breakup, losing a job, being diagnosed with a medical condition, experiencing legal issues, and much more. Such events can lead to complication, complicated grief or even clinical depression. I know someone with clinical depression. Do you? Yeah. That's crazy. Who's that? I think it's you, Turk. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, Whoops. Um, yeah, so it's like it, it's crazy that you can go through grief through like anything, like marriage and stuff. I know you went like some legal shit recently. Do you feel like you went through grief during the legal stuff? Like, what do you think? I'd like to say yes, but I also want to say no, because I just have a very, have a very big disdain for the legal system. So I don't want to. I don't want to give them too much power. That's fair. That's fair. You don't control me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when you're grieving, you can feel like a very lonely time, but it's important to know, however, that you're not alone. Everyone experiences the emptiness and isolation of grief from time to time. Often, the healthiest way to move forward after a loss is to allow yourself to go through these stages of grieving, utilizing coping strategies like seeking a creative outlet or connecting with family members. In addition, services like hospice care and families and loved ones can hope with the ine- can cope with the inevitability of death by providing physical and psychological and spiritual support, um, which is so true. Like I said, I 
got productive. That was my way of coping with, you know, everything that happened. Um, like cleaning everything. I feel like change is so good, especially whenever there's like a routine with the thing that you lose, right? So like in the case of me and Pickles, like we had a routine in our house. We do the same stuff. Um, so I just trying to change everything. I'm like rearranging stuff. I showed him I like move posters on the walls and um, shit like that just because change is good. Change is good. You know, and you have to uh, being able to embrace small change helps with embracing that huge life change right there. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure that there's other other things that you guys are kind of having to switch around because they just feel too too similar. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. I'm sure turds bathroom and feeding it's it's probably really rough on you guys. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure you guys are trying to figure out some other way to do it. Right. That makes you guys more comfortable. Absolutely. He said turds bathroom. The other dog we have, his nickname is Turd. Uh, he'll always be Turd to me. I yeah. know he's got he's like thirty names, but he's a he's, he's a turd. he's a studio dog. He done grew up around content creation. So he's sleeping on a green screen right now. I didn't even notice that at first. Yeah. I pulled it out of the closet before we started because I was like, I know this is what he wants. This is a good spot for him. It's big chilling. <laughs> yeah, so I put it on the ground. Um, he's grieving too, for sure. Yeah. Um, so the first stage of grief is shock and denial. Uh, the first of the seven stages of grief, shock and denial is typically when emotions are most profound. The fact that you have experienced a loss may be evident, but you may still have underlying feelings of shock, disbelief, or panic as you try to deal. During this stage, many people experience physical symptoms. Um, vomited. Vomited? Vomited. Why did I say va vomiting? Maybe you vomited. Difficulty sleeping, um, lost appetite, etc. Um, some people may describe this stage as even if they're watching someone else's life on a movie screen as they're detached from the reality because of the shock. You ever experienced this? Mm, I definitely have experienced lack of motivation and sort of a shock from certain deaths that I've experienced in my life. Um, but I also, I, I feel like I mostly am on the detached end where I don't believe it for many years later. And then it kind of just strikes me. Right. I, I've got a very hard time explaining my grief process because I feel like it's not um, exactly normal. I feel like I skip and jump stages. It's not like a straight line, but maybe that's how it is for grief in general. There could be other people that are like that. Yeah. It feels I mean, like how do you how do you go through that? You might be able to help them out, you know. I mostly just try to once once I hit the point where I'm like, "Oh man, I'm never going to see this person again or this thing again." I just try to remember all of the good things that I experienced from interacting with that. Uh, whether it's things that they've said to me, things I've done with them. I just try to keep the good in there so I can try to push away the fact that I'm never going to have any more good come from them, if that even makes sense. I think it does. I think okay. it does. It was like a part of me that got to a point where I was just like trying to push myself into that mindset like i was trying so hard to get there just think about the good stuff and be like oh man you know so cute this and that i was like i had to force myself to get there if that makes any sense yeah that makes sense yeah i i've also just experienced a lot of uh a lot of death growing up and i think with how young i was at the first handful of experiences i have just naturally detached from it i suppose yeah. it almost doesn't feel real death still is kind of like a up in the air concept in my head for some reason even though i completely understand it 
acceptance of losses you know tough yeah 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 Yeah. finally being able to be like yeah no they are for sure gone they're not coming back like yeah i mean there's only a handful of people that i'm like finally at that stage with my uncle and my grandfathers and my aunt it's just kind of finally set in that it's like okay yeah they're not they're not showing back up yeah they're coming back they're not coming back yeah um okay pain and guilt step two once your shock starts to fade you may begin to notice uh, the pain of this loss the pain may feel physical as well as emotional and you might feel guilty um, about something you should have done um, for the person even if it's completely irrational but during this stage it's normal to seek reason and to wonder if you could have done something that would have prevented this loss or feel remorse for not being able to make peace with this loved one or maintain a healthy relationship yeah pain and guilt pain and guilt i think um i seen sprinkles going through this during this whole thing like she was like you know big time crying imagine me crying she was like 10 times as worse um but there was at one point she's like i should have been in the room you know that last minute and stuff you know uh but i was like nah dude like i had to keep reassuring her like you would not have been able to handle that like you know one of us was still there so he was still comfortable everything's fine like don't worry but i had to keep telling her you know um, and she, yeah, I guess bargaining is next, but, um, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it makes sense. You know, she wants to be there. She wanted to be there, but emotionally she didn't feel like she could, she could handle it. And now she's beating herself up for it. And that's yeah. not what she should do. You no, know, it's not at all. An extremely painful experience for her. And she did what she needed to do at the time. Mm-hmm. And she did everything she could for him leading yeah. up to it. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so next is anger and bargaining. Um, it's not uncommon for someone who is grieving to experience feelings of anger or frustration um, or even bargain. During this time, others who are grieving may try to bargain for a chance to have things different with a different outcome. Like, you know, yelling, God, I'll give you my left hand if you bring him back. You know. Yeah, like the, the older black lady at a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Come back to me. I love that. Jabez, uh, I definitely had this because I was, um, at one point I was just like walking around just like, fuck you, dude. Like, Come into my life and make me love you. You know what I mean? Like legit. And I like felt it like, what the fuck? You got to do this shit to me. Um, I even <laughs> told Spring, I was like, yeah, what the fuck? You bring him into my life. I only get four years. You got fucking 13. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Starting to blame. Mm-hmm. You ever experience anger during loss? Oh, of course. Yeah? Of course. I was really angry at the majority of my family when my grandfather on my mom's side passed. Um, so much so to a point where I felt like I couldn't go see him. And that's something I kind of guilt myself for, for not going yeah. down there to see him while he was in the hospital. Right. But... It was all circumstantial. I probably did punch a couple brick walls. But, you know. That's cool. Yeah. That's fine. It's like eight years later now. Yeah. You know, I think I'm doing a lot better with it. That's good. But there's still like, we had talked about it on the Holiday Blues episode, when traditions or things that you used to do with that person on a regular basis come up again, it kind of just feels like fresh for that moment. The pain is fresh for that moment. For real. Yeah. Comes back around when that change shit comes back in. Shut up, phone. Um, I legit at one point was like crying because I was like, Pickles isn't going to be on our next Christmas card. 
because we always put them on the Christmas card. Yeah. Like we even have one where we took pictures and shit. And Sprinkles was like, "Fuck that! I'm still gonna put them on there like as an angel with little wings and shit." And I was like, "All right, I like yeah. that idea. That's yeah, cool. That's pretty cool. I like that idea. Yeah, she'll draw them on there in her spooky yeah. Sprinkles art style. Hell yeah! What the fuck? Got all these messages. Okay, next stage. I don't remember what number we're on, but. During this stage, a grieving person... Oh, depression, reflection, and loneliness. A grieving person generally begins to reflect upon the loss, the experience, and how it has affected their life. Withdrawals from others to deal with feelings of grief alone is a common occurrence during this stage. A person might also experience hopelessness or confusion about their own future. While personal time is important, it's also crucial to have a support system. So that's what I was talking about. Yeah, like this is kind of where I'm at. Like reflection, loneliness. Like I just wanted to kind of like sit alone and play video games and just reflect on everything. Um, even like the boys in Discord, Nate and Fish were like, we'll play video games together. I seen them in there a couple times and I was just like, I don't really want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just like, I just don't really want to be social. I had to like build myself up to do this today, you know? Dyed yeah. my hair, put on my vest. This is my comfort vest. It's looking good. You know, it's like, good. it was like comfort. Um, it's looking good. <laughs> Your vest looks good, man. <laughs> it does? Yeah. I love that vest. You're, ki- you're killing it. I have some studs uh, somewhere. Yeah? Yeah. Me just dropping them? Yep. Yep. I just drop them everywhere. I got them somewhere at my yep. house. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love my color. My collar right here covers the end, so it just says erd. Um, there's definitely, yeah. But the fucking wanting to be alone was there for sure. Wanting to be there for sure. But, you know, we get through it. And, um... All this stuff helps. Yeah, I could kind of, kind of tell you were were being a little withdrawn. So I was trying to make sure I was messaging you at least once a day, yeah. maybe a couple times here and there, and just be like, "Hey, you what up? You want anything? What up, dude? dude? The funniest fucking thing through all this, a support system is important. And through all this, you don't know how many people were like, "You want DoorDash? <laughs> <laughs> make sure you all are fed. That's good though. But you all want eat? Yeah, because like eating's hard when you're yeah. grieving, dude. It's so fucking hard. And like. God, well, Sprinkles was smart. She was like, well, we need something we're actually going to be willing to eat. So she ordered pizza. She broke her diet, whatever. I was like, it's fine. Like, we're grieving. Fucking break yeah. your diet. Who gives a shit? Um, so the pizza did actually help. Because, uh, like, if it wasn't for that, I probably just wouldn't have eaten. I've just been nicotine and caffeine for fucking three days. But, um, yeah, it's so hard. So it's so funny. Everyone's <laughs> like, what you need? We need a DoorDash, use some Panda Express, or what was going on? So funny. Even people from other states and shit. <laughs> It's nice to know that people care, man. And yeah. one of the best ways to show you care is with food. Oh, that's the timer. 30 wow. minutes went by quick. Holy shit. That's Holy crazy. Shit. All right, well, let's finish these stages of grief, and then we'll go on to the bridge. But um, The upward turn. This is when things start to get better, y'all. Uh, during this later stage of the process, your initial intense emotions associated with grief will start to fade. But it will—it might be so slight you don't even realize it. And you won't feel relief all at once, but what you may feel is just a little less pain. And then six is reconstruction and recovery. For many people, mourning is a process... This process is not always about feeling stressed or overwhelmed, though during the reconstruction and working through a phase of grief, the grieving person begins to work through the aftermath of all this grief and loss. This stage is as much a part of grieving process as the others. And then lastly is acceptance. Acceptance and hope represent the final stage of the grieving process. Accepting a loss does not mean that you simply get over it or are content with what happened. Rather, it's a part of the process during which you can acknowledge the loss and feel okay with moving forward with your life. So that's where we're at. 
I think acceptance is the hardest one to get to. Acceptance is a rough one, man. And you know, I, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about the dog I had. Her name was Charlie. Uh-uh. Uh, I can't even remember the breed of dog she was at this point. She was a mix of like three other things. But I only had her for probably like three or four months. But she wasn't even meant to be my dog. She got parvo. And we had to have her euthanized because we couldn't take care of all that. I remember it was probably about eight or nine months, maybe almost a year after that, I got my dog Lucifer. And I remember, like, not wanting him at first. And then slowly feeling okay and kind of like he had some markings that were like Charlie's. So I took that as like a sign from her that I needed to move forward. That's cute. Move on. It was nice. It's a good feeling. Hell yeah. That's cool. That's that's probably the only thing I can say I actually accept so far. Nice. (laughs) Nice. um, When I lost my cat, the people I was living with, lovely, nice people. Two days later, they went and got me another cat from the pound. It was like this little orange cat. And I kept trying to treat the cat like I did my other cat. But it just wasn't having it. It was just like attacking me and running away. And I mean, I really was not nice to this new cat. Like, I really wasn't. Um, But I was like at a bad point in my life where I was not, you know, the best turkey that I could be. Um, And I feel bad about that. They ended up just keeping it and I moved away. But like, I remember there was like three weeks of me trying to get this cat to be like my other cat. And it just fucking wouldn't. And like, yeah, because all animals aren't the fucking same. No, they're just no. like people. Every single one has a unique personality. Yeah, but you live and you learn. Yeah. And fucking the turd, Buck, he had Parvo. And um, I took two weeks off from work, and I bought um, Pedialyte, and I was boiling, constantly boiling chicken. And he was just sitting in this chair, and he kept puking it up over and over again. And I had this little syringe thing, and I was just squirting Pedialyte down his throat and shoving chicken in his mouth. And I was, like, grinding up the chicken and putting it in the syringe and shoving it down his throat, like, over and over and over again. Like, I was like, fuck, he's going to fuck. It was so sad. Just to keep him up there and out there. Yeah. Yeah. Look at him now. Look at him now. Fat Sleep as hell. on the green screen. So. Yep. Grieving over there on the ground. Yeah. He came over for some pets a little bit ago. Yeah. Yeah, so stuff. Acceptance is a hard thing to get to. But once you get there, you know, everything's going to be all right. I really feel like when you're going through loss, even once you get to acceptance, like, there's still always going to be, like, a hole in your heart, you know? Um, and uh, I think it'll be okay. But uh, you got to just learn to live with that. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's hard to, but we learn to, you know. I uh, think one of the best explanations for grief that I've gotten is there's a bowling ball stuck inside of a box. And over time, the box grows, but the bowling ball stays the same size. And that's not because the grief gets any easier. It's because your tolerance to it gets better. Jesus Christ. That is such a good analogy. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> that hit me. I was like, the fuck did you just say right now? I'm glad. Oh, I'm glad. It doesn't help my visual D&D brain was literally visualizing everything <laughs> you were saying. You can't do that. Hey, Someone walks up to me and says, you're inside of a bar. The bartender has graying hair. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm there. I'm <laughs> ready. I see this man. He has a mole fuck. on his nose. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Um... <sighs> There's more I want to say about everything, I think. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, it's time for the bridge, y'all. We're going to do some more Mad Libs. Let's fucking do it. Top some fun Mad Libs. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the bridge. 
this part of the show where we like to take a step back and take a deep breath because um, we don't know how intense the conversations we're having were before. We like to, in this section here, read some YouTube comments, make any kinds of shout-outs that we got to do, anything like that. Maybe one day read a sponsor spot. Um, so if you got any comments, leave them below. We'll read them in this section. But for now, my friends, um, we're going to do a thing that we did last time and everyone fucking adored and I adored. We're going to do D&D Mad Libs. Quite fun. Hell yeah. Dungeons and Dragons Mad Libs. Part of the body. Toe. Adjective. Smelly. Noun. Stacy. Adjective. Sparkling. Past tense verb. Sat. Person in room. So weird request. Turd. Buck. Dog. Adjective. Uh, colorful. Noun. Bird. Noun. Uber driver. Celebrity. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Adjective. Strong. Noun. James. Verb ending in ing. Sitting. Plural animal. Deer? Deers? I feel like deer is still plural, right? Deer eye? Deer eye? Deer? Deer. Adjective. Uh, oily. Exclamation. Fuck! Noun. Skeleton. The party stood shoulder to toe at the opening of a smelly cave. Tara Stacy Crusher, sparkling dwarf warrior, sat towards the entrance. But then Turd, the cleric, held her back. I sense a colorful energy coming from in there, the cleric whispered as the light atop his bird flickered. Tara gripped her two-handed Uber driver and smirked. We'll take care of it, she said. Then Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Forest Keep, the strong elven rogue appeared from behind his cloak of James. Don't be so sure, he murmured. Sitting a knife in his hand, suddenly eight ferocious deer bolted out of the cave with oily intent. Tara squealed with delight. Fuck, it's time for skeleton. Nice, dude. That was like a whole ass adventure, dude. <laughs> whole ass adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Every bit of that made sense. Fucking turd the cleric. Yeah, holy shit. Oh, shit. That was great. In the Discord... Um, we're going to read a quick little comment here real quick, here on the bridge. Uh, in the Discord, which you're not in, by the way, join the Discord, links and bios, and on our website. Um, Zombie Decoy said, uh, listening to the imposter syndrome episode at work, I used to have this problem too. Always compared myself to other artists. Eventually, though, I did get over it with lots of practice and support from my family and from my friends. Well, right on, Zombie. Um, that's good shit, man. I know imposter syndrome as an artist can be rough. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's hard to get past that, and I'm glad you've been able to make it. Hell yeah, man! Got any tips? Send them my way. That's right. And thank you so much for your feedback. Hell yeah! Thank you. Into the bridge. Into the bridge, y'all. <laughs> Clipping together those mad lip parts, though, is <laughs> the toughest shit. Gonna be fun. Yeah. Welcome back, y'all. This is the. Uh, end all be all section here of the podcast. This is the ending partish. It's usually where we tend to get a little bit more deep, a little bit more, in, uh, a little bit more dark, a little bit more sad, you know. Um, so if you made it this far, cheers to you. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So today we're talking about grief. This past week, man, it's just been tough for me. I, um, I spent a lot of time crying. You know, losing someone that important to you is just, just so tough. And, uh, I mean, I took all that time off work and stuff, and the mornings are the worst. I woke up one morning, and, like, I hadn't taken my antidepressant meds yet, and I could feel it, that it wasn't in my system. And, bro, I was just bawling for, like, an hour. Like, I just sat up and was just bawling. And, like, Sprinkles was sitting there. She, like, read some Facebook comment that someone made about when they lost their animal, which really helped. Um, I think, like they lost their cat named cheese or something and she was telling me the story and i was just fucking ball and um and uh you know but it's okay to cry yeah that's what it's all about we don't fuck around with 
toxic fucking masculinity around here, dude. Nah, it's it's needed. It's a human reaction. Yeah. You know, it's normal. If we weren't supposed to do it, why would we do it? Right. And it's really good that you guys had somebody out there that was willing to share their traumatic experience to kind of try to be uplifting in a sense. I'm right. glad it, it hit well and their story was good. I'm going to have to find that post and read that story. Yeah, I think it was, uh, we're a part of this trash group. It's called uh, $8 Trash. And I think that's where it came from. But um, yeah, it's, it's really sweet. So it's just been tough. I mean, losing someone is always tough. And it was so traumatic. I just know my life isn't going to be any different. But on a different note, I'm thinking about getting into the corgi business. <laughs> Because obviously, we're corgi people, and um, the weirdest thing, I thought that I cursed Sprinkles and me. Like, I thought I cursed us, because for Valentine's Day, I wanted to get us another corgi. I thought it would be the cutest thing for her, um, and I knew Piggles was on his last leg, so I was like, pun not intended. Um, but I was like, if I could get us a corgi, that'd be awesome. And then he could, like, train the new puppy and everything. But I looked it up, and he asked, like, 1500 bucks for one of these fucking dogs. Um, it's either, like, 1000 or it's $2,500 for these fucking dogs. Um, and I was like, that's insane. Um, so I was like, bro, if I get another corgi, I'm going to make sure he ain't fixed. <laughs> and then I'm going to get a female, make sure she ain't fixed. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get into the corgi business. Be making bank. I told Fishy, I was like, "Yo, you want a corgi? We'll make sure my friends have corgis for the cheap. You know what I mean? For the cheap. But then sell all these other corgis. But I got some. Gonna be shipping them to Canada and shit. So Nate said, Nate was like, they ship corgis to Canada. And I was like, bet you don't, you don't pay me. <laughs> so I'll ship a corgi to Canada. Um, yeah, getting this corgi game. But uh, legit, it's wild. And I was telling her, I was like, she has this name for the next corgi she wants to get because obviously she wants to get one. Um, she wants to name him Peanut Butter because it's like Peanut Butter and Pickles or something. And I was like, all right. I was like, I was like, but I, what about Sam? <laughs> She's like, you're not fucking name my dog Sam. And I was like, but Sam is just the best name. She's like, no, it's not. I was like, think about it. I may not be able to carry the ring, Frodo, <laughs> but I can sure carry you. <laughs> and she looked at me. She's like, you're such a fucking nerd. And yep. I was like, whatever. I was like, we're getting a male. We're getting a female. It's going to be Frodo and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> My immediate thought when you said Sam was fucking Sam Wise Gamgee. Like, oh, God. Sam! <laughs> Frodo! <laughs> I want a friend like Sam. Yeah, dude. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, you know, what about Peanut Butter Sam or something? She wasn't having it. Um, and I don't really think it doesn't matter what she says. I'm still going to call him Sam. Really just like with Pickles, I called him Ponks. Ponkers, you know, and then that name just stuck. Just like with Buck, I call him Turd, and he's just the turd now. So, Peanut Butter should be like, Sam, come here, Sam. She's going to fucking hate me. That's my favorite thing about animals, man. You can just about call them anything you want with any inflection, and they're still going to love it. Yep. Their name can be something far from what their name actually is. There it is. Like, fucking my cat, Athena. I'll yell at her like fucking Bob's Burgers, Tina. Yeah. I'll yell at her like the mom calling for Tina. Nice. Just go... Yeah, she responds and runs over to me like <laughs> what, a fucking... You want to do it? No, Tina! I... <laughs> Tina! <laughs> and she'll fucking run over uh, and want pets just like I'm... Here you go. It's the same thing. Ah, favorite part of that show is when <laughs> Bob goes, Gene, whenever he says something <laughs> dirty as fuck. Um, yeah, so it's going to be good. Uh, get new puppies and stuff, you know. Fucking expensive and, and it's crazy and, you know, we're corgi people. I was like, all right, so... 90% of all corgis get hip dysplasia and we're just going to put ourselves through that again and again and again for the rest of our lives. And that's fine. 
Yep. Yep. Hey, man, but if you get into that corgi business and you get real deep into it, you got yourself a little monopoly. I need you to have a giant gold chain with just a corgi. It's a corgi bling. Bro, we have corgi blankets, corgi lamps. She was just like crying, going around the house. She was like, everything reminds me of him because we have all this corgi merch all over our house. I was like, yeah, well, what can you do? What can you do? I have a, you know, we got our stickers at work. I got my bag of stickers. I was going through there and then I had this corgi sticker that kind of reminded me of Pickles. And I was going to stick it on your desk, but I was like, that might be too sad for him to come back in on. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like motherfucker. He'd be like, this fucking asshole. Yeah. So I kept it in the bag for now. Yeah. I hope they know, because, like, I'm such a positive person, especially at work. Like, now in my life, I try to be that positive force. Like, I, I try so hard yeah. all the time. And so, like, I hope that they there see me that way. So whenever I text them to tell them, like, I'm fucking bawling my eyes out. There's no way I'm coming into work. Like, I hope they understand the significance of this situation. Because um, I try always to be so fucking positive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Always running around there with a positive tone and just attitude in general. Yeah. So if they're not, like, understanding of it, you know, kind of fuck them. Yeah. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they get it, though. They don't. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Getting in that Corgi game. So it's been a tough week, man. And, um... It's been really, like, eye-opening. I feel like when someone passes away, you really think about the mortality of everything. And, you know, hug your friends, love your families, you know. Don't I, hold grudges. Yeah. We knew for this whole year that this day was coming. And so every day, I was giving him extra love. And I'm so happy that I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's worth it to do that shit. Don't get caught up. And social media and all the other shit you know what i mean first of all like this video but then put your phone down and spend some time with your animals all right spend some time with your family call them know that you love them all right watch a movie together what are you doing on your phone um and also subscribe while you're here thanks and then put your phone down <laughs> and i i really appreciate you know you guys giving me the opportunities i got to meet pickles and hang out with pickles like when you guys would be out doing concert stuff or wasteland stuff and i got to go see him and he's a special character it's always a joy walking in and being greeted by them real shit i got a i got a video from one time i was in there and they were just doing their thing they were eating i was like it's turd and there's the pickles and then i let them outside to poop good boys (laughs) yeah we uh we go on vacation we bring isaiah over here take care of the pets so they got to get to know him yeah, I had a friend who um, we posted things on Facebook and stuff, and he was like, hey, man, sorry for your loss. Like, I love Turd. And I was like, well, Turd's fine. <laughs> well, Turd's cool. I was like, did you look at the, did you look at the photos? <laughs> <laughs> he just read the first, he read the headline. He was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You had more than two dogs? Yeah, he was like, you got another corgi? What the fuck? He's like, what he said. Like, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. So grieving's hard, but it's okay. And as a man, it's okay to cry. It's okay to go through these stages of grief. You're fucking allowed to do so. And if anyone tells you otherwise, you just cry in their face. All right? Um, it's okay to cry. It's all right to be all right. All right? You ain't no sissy girl for crying. You're a normal human fucking being. All right? You're just trying to process your emotions. Yeah. And let go of things. That's right. You know, and it, it, it's an integral part because... If you don't process your sadness or you don't process anything that you're feeling, eventually it can turn into a violent anger or 
violent sadness. You never know where you could be if you just, and all you could do is cry and things can improve. That's right. You just have to process. Mm-hmm. You'll never hit that process if you don't let your body do its natural functions. And everyone grieves in a different way. Mm-hmm. So even though I read off these seven things today, you can grieve in a completely different way and that's okay. But it does help to understand. So if you need a refresher, just give it a little Google. Check it out. You know what I mean? Because it did help me. When I was going through shit, I was like, all right, so I understand what I'm going through. I know how to handle it. But everyone does it differently. Yeah. Understanding is probably understanding is probably the first phase of the accepting process because you can't accept something that you don't understand. That's right. So if you're feeling spicy, um, you know, give us a comment about maybe an animal thing down below something or maybe something you went through um, that you grieved through and maybe how you got through it or even maybe you know send us a picture of your animal in our discord join the discord get in there um, we can actually directly respond to you even more in discord if you want to join it um, and who knows maybe we'll get you to come guest star on the show if you're in the discord one day I don't know um, and if you listen on Spotify, make sure to hit the little five-star thing, the little star thing, and then give us a rating. It helps out the show a lot to help uh, grow our SEO. And honestly, just thank you so much for listening. The main point of this is to talk about mental health, just to normalize the conversation. You know, I'm just talking about how I was crying all day and shit. That should be a normal thing. And we really believe that because normalizing the conversation is everything. It it definitely helps to make you not feel as alone and kind of like what we touched on earlier. It's potentially even made it to where you're more open in general with your feelings. That's right. And it can help process. Yeah. Understanding and acceptance. Yeah. I feel like this podcast helped me through my shit a little bit. And hopefully it might help you too. And yeah, give the show a share if you're feeling it. And love you guys. Also, we do have merch on the store. We don't make you any money on that merch. It's all just about starting the conversation. If someone sees you wearing the shirt, you can talk about your mental health with them and stuff. They know that you're open. And quick, that's that, baby. Quick shout out, B-Town. You look great with the mug. Oh, yeah. Looking B- great with the mug. B-Town did buy a mug. Thanks, B-Town. It's tough, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And remember. It's okay. To not be okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Dog. Killing it.